Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Hello, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, and today, very pleased to welcome some special guests to the table. We have good friends, our good friends, that's the Sheridan's good friends, John and Jennifer Davis, and John and Jennifer are here to share with us, along with my best friend, that's Sandy Sheridan, my wife. And uh, you got two couples here, we're sitting across the table from one another, the only thing different from sitting across from the dinner table is those big black things in front of us but uh, we're that so and the noticeable it. absence of food and the noticeable absence of food as well uh, <laughs> that's a good idea we ought to have the office serve us while we're, that's right. while we're going but time. anyway it's good to have you guys here thanks so much for taking time to uh, to be with us yeah it's our joy glad to be here John and Jen, I want you all to introduce yourselves. Uh, John and Jen, if you would share briefly about how you two came to be together and introduce us to your family. Uh, okay, uh, babe, that starts with you, and then uh, I'll I'll pick up because if I start, there'll be a lot of corrections. So you just get it right from the start, and then I'll I'll follow up. <laughs> okay, so I first uh, moved here actually to Cedarville when I was sixteen. My dad, who's a self-employed plumber, got a job here in Ohio. And I met John actually the first Sunday I was here when I was 16 years old at church in the youth group downstairs or in that little extra room off the side of the church. And so we... In case anybody's wondering, I was smitten from the beginning. <laughs> you That's not so much, but, but me, <laughs> I, was, I was smitten, right? Yep. So we actually started dating um, in high school and we got married halfway through college. So between our sophomore and junior year of college, we got married. And then we finished out our education at Cedarville University, and then we were married in 2000, and then we continued finishing college. Then we got pregnant with Jacob, and then that starts the kid's story. Jacob is almost 19. He's a sophomore at Cedarville. Jenna is 16, a sophomore in high school. Jesse is almost 14, and he's in eighth grade, and Juliet, our baby, is 11 in fifth grade. Married 22 years and counting. Yep. It's great. Great. That's right. One old man married to a beautiful young lady. There you go. Right. <laughs> oh, <shucks. laughs> well, Sandy, why don't you pick up and tell just a little bit of our story? Well, I'm from New Jersey, so, and Bart is from around here. He comes from, from this area. So we actually met in um, New York State at a camp there, Camp of the Woods, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, that's where we met for a summer. We worked there together, and then um, we were long-distance dating, spent, uh, wrote a lot of letters, and finished up our college years. Got married in 1989 and lived in New Jersey for four years and then moved out here to um, eventually join the family business, Bart's family's business. And then we, uh, when we moved out here, we had two children, our two oldest, Luke and Emily, and then we had three more after moving here. So we have five children, and the older four are now married and have uh, given us eight grandchildren with one more on the way. And then the youngest one is uh, just going to be graduating from college this year, and so we'll see where God takes her. 
and we are 33 and counting. So we have men, women, we have parents, we have grandparents, we have children here, yes. uh, children of older parents. And mm. so it's good to have you here. And you, you may have noticed, if you're listening, that today's episode is already different from what we often do here at Digging uh, Deeper in Grace. And this past Sunday, T- Tim Cockrell shared a message from God's Word in our continuing series that's in Philippians, and he was in chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. So what we want to do today is take some time to explore some of the themes that Tim was sharing from this passage, and especially in terms of family life and building into the family and inviting people in and then sending people out from the family as well. So, uh, Davises, I want to talk to you first. Tim shared this past Sunday about Paul's desire to send Timothy and Epaphroditus back to Philippi in part to help continue to build the church and build into the church. He had a deep concern for that church's welfare. So I was wondering, could you share an instance or a period of time early in your walk with Christ when someone, perhaps it was from the church or a church, expressed this type of care for you? Yeah, man, I can vividly remember um, in my growing up years, there was no real compulsion to have to be involved with the body of believers. Certainly, uh, I had a mom who loved the church, still does, and would faithfully attend. Uh, but just by the dynamics of, of how I grew up, there was no real forced compulsion to have to go. And by the time I got into my early teenage years, um, there were men in my neighborhood and just in my, my, my sphere, my world, uh, older men uh, who, who kind of noticed and took notice that, hey, there's this, this young fellow that um, needs to be more part of the body of Christ. And they faithfully would check up on me, say, hey, how you doing? What are you doing this week? Are you getting involved? Are you getting plugged in? And um, specifically remember a neighbor across the street, just he always was checking on me. Uh, a number of these men uh, are pretty famous in this little space called Cedarville, but I'm just thankful for their faithfulness in just chasing after me and just checking up on my heart and in my spiritual condition. Uh, as a young guy at age 13, I heard a testimony yesterday uh, from a coworker who that was a vivid uh, point in his uh, relationship with the Lord because he was into substance abuse even as a young teenager. And um, some older people got into his life, and that radically changed the trajectory of his life. That's not my story. I wasn't in substance abuse or anything, but it's just that that there's an age. There's that age of like 13, 15, where young men are starting to, to say, you know, who am I? Who am I becoming? Who am I going to be connected with? It's a crucial age for me uh, as I think about uh, individuals who are intentional, older men, intentional about just paying attention to young men uh, who have uh, had or had the opportunity uh, to potentially go a direction um, that I didn't go, thankfully, because of their involvement in my life. So what what did they do that was influential to you? Was yeah. there a program? Was what, what was happening? Yeah, you know, it was highly practical. It probably wasn't programmed at all. It was just simply saying, hey, I notice you. I see you. And I know your name. I know your name. And I just want to just find out more about you. And I'd love to just get to know you uh, better and just introduce you to the people of God, introduce you to his people. Uh, in a way that I knew them from a distance. I went to a public school, um, and so I knew them, knew them from a distance, had my own perspective of the church, um, even in a small public school, uh, and not, again, not coming from a family where I was compelled to have to go. And so hearing what those who had to go were saying about the church and some other things, I wasn't really that interested. But when I had other men who were pointing to my life, when I had serious questions about the faith, um, that was that was crucial. And again, I... I don't think it was any more than them just simply saying, I notice you and know your name and just being intentional about, about diving in. 
you know, your story is somewhat similar to mine in many ways. I attended church. We were faithful attenders of another church in this area as I grew up here. And of course, I went to school with a lot of people who went here to Grace. And I know now that there were a number of individuals, a number of men in particular, who prayed for me men who were leaders in the church at that time, younger leaders. And uh, I know there was one who was a teacher of mine. There's another with whom I serve as an elder right now. And uh, ones who had identified me and they were not overbearing in it. But uh, something I mentioned the other day, they knew your name. They knew my name and they went out of their way often to let me know they knew who I was and to talk to me about things that were important to me. And, and people often ask me well, or say, or I'll hear them say, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would say. It was just being recognized by an older person in the community, somebody who had some life experience that made a lot of difference to me. Yeah, and you know, Jen will probably speak to this a little later as this conversation goes on, but that's a big reason why we're we're investing our time and energy in the junior high ministry here at Grace. Um, because of that time of, of young people's lives where they're, they're not really in elementary school anymore, they're thinking about high school, it's a little scary, and there's a lot happening in their lives. And the opportunity to say, yeah, we, we notice you, we notice uh, the path that you're, you're walking, and we would just like to be a part of helping encourage you towards Christ and Christ-likeness. Well, your husband just set you up and said you're going to be speaking that a little later. A little later is here now. Is Why don't later? you just go ahead and share? So this year, um, Josh Taylor, Pastor Josh, has started an initiative with the middle schoolers and high schoolers called D6 Bible Study, basically. It's a six-year program of a Bible study that all the middle schoolers and high schoolers can do. And you don't have to be a leader in the middle school or high school, but it helps that we are small group leaders. So I have three young girls. Uh, one's an eighth grader, one's a sixth grader, and actually we had Juliet in there. So she's a fifth grader. And every week we go through a Bible study um, that they have at home. It's not a lot of prep work ahead of time, but it's enough to put questions in their minds to come to a Bible study with me. I don't have all the answers. I'm definitely not a Bible scholar, but it's given us a place to start with these young girls. And so one of them I feel like I have a deeper relationship with just because I'm a good friend with her mom. And so then I'm able to like pour into her and then they ask me questions or I see them at youth group and they give Mrs. Davis a hug. And I can be like a mom to her and like continue to point her towards towards Christ and towards truth. And it's just a really neat opportunity. So I'm really pleased that Pastor Josh thought of that this year or whomever thought of it, whether it's him or Pastor Dan. But man, it's been really neat to see even our oldest, Jacob, is doing it with five young middle schoolers. What a neat opportunity just to continue to speak truth into the younger generation. Well, Sandy, this type of input from others it shouldn't always be coming unsolicited i mean we that's uh, what john and i were referencing but we should always be looking for ones who who can help us to mature more in christ but it's not always easy as i said to find this type of interaction so what advice do you give someone who might be looking for someone to mentor them or disciple them but just don't know where to look well first of all if they're involved in a youth group or something in a church, there may be things there that are already in place that they just need to ask and get involved with. So that's a good example. Um, but another thing, if you're maybe you're not in a youth group, you're maybe you're a little older, like college age or something like that. I know something you Bart have told our kids is to look for people, adults older than you, who you admire, who you think are living the way that God would want them to live 
and just to go get to know them. Go ask them, hey, can I have lunch with you? Or can I meet with you? And just sit and talk. And, and if you have questions, ask questions. But maybe just maybe it's not even specific questions. It's just getting to know them, just seeing what makes them tick, what they do, and so forth. You know, and um, back to the other question, not to jump back, but I, I don't really remember having anything specific in my life. Um, and, and that maybe is the case in many people's lives, other than, you know, my parents certainly poured into me. But I really did have people that I watched. And I don't know that they would ever say, oh, I mentored Sandy or whatever. But silently they mentored me because I was watching them and my grandfather was one of those he loved people and even something as silly as he would always uh, we lived in the city area not out in the country so our houses were all close but if the neighbors garbage cans were out at the end of their driveway he would take them in for them um, and I mean it sounds like a silly thing but I obviously remember that because he cared about people but then as he got to know them, he was able to speak to them about the Lord. And as he got older and retired, he became a chaplain at the hospitals in Newark, New Jersey, which is not an easy area. But um, so just watching people. So I guess I would say also then, um, if you don't necessarily have someone that is mentoring you, watch and see, but then maybe go the step further and ask hey, can I meet with you? Well, and you, you reference youth, you reference college students, but really at 40-something and 50-something, uh, as is represented here in this room, it doesn't stop. I know that I uh, and many times have gone to individuals and can think of twice here in the past few years going to other men and saying, hey, I'm going through something right now or I'm, I'm uh, being asked to perform a certain task and I need you to walk with me through that. I want to meet with you weekly or bi-weekly, maybe even monthly. And I just want to sit down. I want you to ask me. In fact, I'm pleading with you to ask me, okay, how's it going? Mm -hmm. And how are you doing in this particular uh, this particular venture? Uh, I meet with a gentleman every week, one of my best friends. I meet with him for lunch or breakfast, rather. We met this morning and uh, we talk about things. He's a businessman. I'm a businessman. And we talk about business. We talk about our families who are good friends. The kids have always been good friends, but it's just iron sharpening iron. And I tell you what, I come back from that. I walk into the office at about nine, nine fifteen, nine thirty, sometimes close to 10. Uh, after breakfast, we get to talking. We don't stop. But, but the fact is, Sandy, it's good for Sandy too. And I think you would say, Sandy, that you appreciate my doing that you don't uh, you don't uh, wish away those hours that I spend with well, Joe. Well, I also like that you ask each other hard questions. It's mm. not just oh, how was your day? What happened this week? That there's times when you're asking yourself like, or asking each other, are you, how are you doing in the Word? Are you in the Word daily? Um, well, how have you been tempted this week? And how can you overcome that? Just those hard questions like that gives me comfort knowing that you are meeting with someone who is keeping you accountable and you're keeping him accountable so important mm. yeah. Yeah. so speaking to the matter of attempting to speak into our children's lives we're parents we have desires to see our children grow in christ can we talk about how we can develop those types of mentoring relationships with our own children whether it's mentorships between us and them 
or mentoring relationships between others, which is very needed in our families. They can't always, uh, it can't always be the parents. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I know that my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, she really is involved in lots of Bible studies. She um, just is devouring the word, and it's really cool to watch. She's been in part of a Bible study that Sandy's led with myself and several other women. They're not even high schoolers. And so it's been neat for her to see older women um, studying God's word and coming together. We've been doing it for the last couple of years, I think, and she's yep. really grown a lot. It's been really neat. Um, she also meets with young married lady um every week she meets together and they go through that same bible study that i'm doing with middle schoolers she's doing with a young married and then you know our our jacob's meeting with college guys every week in the word and then jesse's meeting with pastor dan every week so it's really neat to see not only do we invest in them with our you know hopefully daily but if not daily uh, very often bible study at home with the kids but it's neat to see them being invested in by others as well as us investing in them too. So it's really neat to see that helping them grow as well. Well, and I love that you come with your daughters. I think that is amazing because you are modeling for them that that's important to you, but then you're having opportunity to do it with them that I'm sure, you tell me, I'm sure this is opening up conversations that you're having. And so again, back to what I said before, living it out, modeling it out, it's not just about Let's teach them all this stuff. Oh, well, but I don't really live that way. But this is what you need to know. Like, you've got to model it as well as teaching Absolutely. it. We have the idea that disciple, discipleship, mentoring or mentorship is programmatic. I don't hear so much program in what you're talking about. Let's let's go down that avenue. What exactly is discipleship? What exactly is mentorship? They're related. They're let's just call them the same thing for right now. They're building into people. What how how is it done? Yeah, so we may have actually backed into this sideways. I don't think it was an intentional decision. It may have been. I may, I could be corrected, but I think for the vast majority of our marriage since we've had kids, they've always been doing stuff with us when we're serving, when we're just a variety of different ways. And to the point now that even Jacob, who's in college, wants to come back and, and assist us with those things. So um, we have had the joy of being able to, to be deacons here at Grace. And as part of that, it, we've been on the service side of it. And so we've had moments where we've been able to step into some spaces where that discipleship happens because you're doing life together and serving someone else. And it's not always pretty. But yet, it's real life. It's real one-on-one. Uh, see the nitty-gritty of, of serving someone else. And I remember, uh, I think I was hanging out with uh, one of your sons, and we were delivering a couch to somebody who needed a new couch. And the apartment we delivered the couch to uh, required taking out the old couch, and my boys were with me. And uh, it's probably the first time they've ever seen uh, a place that uh, wasn't clean in terms of a home. Um, and it was pretty nasty. It was pretty gross. Uh, Gave them and, a new appreciation for mama. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Not a bad deal. That's right. And uh, and I made them pick up the couch and lift it and in all its grossness and pull it out and everything that was was crawling all over it. And um, that that led to some good conversations about what we're we're called to be not only as uh, believers serving other believers, but about what it means to be a man and stepping up when other people won't step up and do the things that need to happen and be done. So in in that real life on life practical things, I think in 
for us in our marriage with with our kids again i think we kind of backed into it it wasn't like a de- intentional decision but we have we've always involved them in in things and um, it, it's been joyous it's it's often led to good conversations um, along life's journey i want to read this passage here starting in verse 19 of chapter 2 in philippians I hope in the Lord, and this is Paul talking, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare, for everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know, you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Tim shared that Timothy, Paul kind of picked Timothy up and met Timothy and during the second missionary journey, the beginning of this journey, and he picked him up and Timothy accompanied him. First stop was in Philippi, it appears, or one of his first stops. And I say, okay, the Philippians knew, you know, he said, I wonder what that means. I wonder what they saw him do. I wonder if they saw him clean the bathroom. Or I wonder if they saw him take care of someone who was sick. Or attend to Paul as Paul's right hand and do it joyfully. Those are the types of things that our children learn. And I know, I'm guessing you have had this. Sandy and I have had this. Our kids come to us and say, I understand better now what you did or what you were saying. Uh, And again, it's not... In fact, I don't think it's not just on, it's not only programmatic. I think it's not quite really the programmatic things that really stick with the students or the kids, the disciples. Yeah, I agree with you. We're in a community where education is highly prized and valued, but the saying what is most most impactful and has been to me has been what I've caught more than what I've been taught. With what I've been taught reinforces what I'm I'm catching, and that's that's so much of of what we're we're just working through right now in this moment is the reality that our kids are catching so much more than we realize. And uh, if I'm honest with myself, the same is true about me uh, as well. We're learning as we go, aren't we? Well, Sandy, you and I have, have moved into a new dynamic of being parents to adult children here in the past five or six years uh, and married children. They have children of their own. You mentioned eight and coming on nine grandchildren. Talk to us about how how those relationships with our children have changed and some of the ways that we've had to adjust or input into their lives and them into ours, perhaps. Well, when you have adult children, you don't talk as much about (laughs) these things. When they're younger, you're pouring into them, you're talking to them constantly in the car and when you're taking a walk or making breakfast. Um, but w- when you're older you, or when they're older, you're not really speaking in that much and you have to actually be very careful that you're not stepping on toes. They're adults. They've, Lord willing, learned what you poured into them when they were younger. And now they need to go forward and make those decisions and live out those things on their own. Um, so what I would say is certainly you should be praying for them. Um, not praying more than you did when they were a kid, but you talk more to God about them openly than you do talking to them when they're older. You kind of keep it to yourself, and if you see something that concerns you, maybe you you talk to God about it first and you approach it carefully with them. But um, just really praying about it, but again, going back to modeling it, and if you have done that your whole life, 
um, Lord willing, as they do have a need, they will feel comfortable to come to you and then you will have opportunity to speak into their lives. But again, I just, I think you do have to be a little careful as adults. It may be better for someone else to come in and speak to them in that way. Um, you know, if you want to keep a good relationship with them, you got to just kind of toe the line a little bit. Well, and one of the things that, uh, whether it's adult children or grandchildren now, or uh, younger children years ago, remembering that uh, I saw a, I saw something, and it was on Facebook the other day. I don't always get my great sayings from Facebook, yeah. but this one was really good. It said, God does not call us to make godly children. He calls us to be godly parents, whether we are parenting young children, older children, grandparenting, or whatever it might be. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed, too, in, with our children is that we become more friends uh, than we were. You, you can't be your child's best friend uh, in many respects. You need to be careful because you're the one who's meeting out discipline or you're meeting out uh, seeking discipline, not only punitive discipline, but also um, just being helping them to be disciplined, and uh, we have uh, we have really enjoyed with with all of our children the opportunity to become more friends and really get to enjoy that side of it. And even that is a blessing because we're seeing them pick up on some things. Uh, just it would seem organically, but it's because we've sought to model. But also others like the Davises and others around us have really reached out and spent time with them. And I can remember, boy, I can remember a number of families who just really built into our children. We're so thankful. So uh, let's talk about marriage. 22 and counting, 33 and counting, uh, years uh, that is, for the Davises and the Sheridans respectively. What are you looking for in godly counselors as it pertains to your own relationship? Well, I know for myself, having women that are a little bit down the road past me. So here I am, I'm just launching into college world with my our oldest. So who do I know around me that I can see that has someone a little bit older than me, have them speak into my life as a parent of a college student and as a parent or as a wife who is in that world. Like I can think of several women who are ahead of me by five to 10 years that I'm like watching them, whether or not I talk to them regularly, because one of them that I reach out to doesn't go to our church anymore. She goes to another church in the area, which is fine. But I, I'm like, hey, I have a question. Can we meet for coffee? I, how do I do this well? And so that's where I have to be humble enough to know I need to seek somebody who has more wisdom than I do in this situation because I've never been here yet. Or when I'm learning learning how do I continue to love my husband well as our kids grow and as we grow and life just flies on by. And so I wanna make sure my kids ask how they can pray for me. And I'm always like that I would, that I would do what God wants me to do well where I am. And so if I'm not doing it well where I am, I want to seek out women who can point and speak truth into my life to keep helping me do what's right and to serve the Lord well where I am, whether it's in parenting or being a friend or a wife. That's where I, I go. There's women that are just ahead of me five years, ten years, and I'm like, okay, how do I do this right? I'm not nearly as brave as she is. Um, <laughs> she uh, clearly... Uh, has those conversations with other women. Uh, I'm a man. Uh, I watch from a distance, and if I get brave, I might ask. Uh, 
but I think that's that's probably more true than I want to admit. Um, but I I do a lot of observing of men that are ahead of me, and um, and I'll just watch the way in which they might interact with their children, with their spouse. Um, and there have been moments where I've been brave enough to say, "Hey, I I noticed this, and it it looks like that's really working. Tell me about that." But man, that's rare, and I need to do better. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I I'm more of an observer. And I try to glean from observation, and uh, I'll, I'll admit I, I probably need to do more. One of the things that Tim pointed out, and he, it was a call to action, said we need to, and there was a progression from uh, humility. You mentioned humility. So being humble before the Lord and recognizing that we are nothing without him. But then it, it progressed on to, okay, but you need to eventually reach out. You need to give back. And you know, we hear a lot about, well, it's time for me to give back. Well, it's always time for us to give back. So as you are uh, you know, as we're progressing in our in our years, I know that I pointed out in our well, I am okay. I am. These women aren't, are they, John? No, man. I just <laughs> I just keep getting uglier and uglier. Just, yeah, I just stepped right into it. But I, I made the comment in our adult Bible fellowship the other day that it was about at the age of fifty. And I'm sorry to say it was at the age of fifty. I should have been thinking about this more. Where I really started to think, you know what, God has given me some things. He's given me some experiences. And unfortunately, it was right about then that I really, really uh, started becoming more proactive in giving of my time. And I want to be careful how I say this, but inserting myself into situations, into people's lives, and just saying, hey, would you want to grab a bite to eat? Another thing, for whatever reason, at about that time, God started bringing opportunities into my life to speak into things. And maybe it was a kind of, kind of an amalgamation of the two, my, uh, my turning 50 and God bringing it in. But those, those types of opportunities are such blessings. I just came from, I just came, actually, before I came here to record, I've been bowling. Do you know why I was bowling? I meet with a young uh, child or a, a teenage boy here in our church, and we went bowling today, and we hung out. Now, don't ask me how many times I broke 100, but we don't bowl a whole lot. But it was just being there and hanging out together. And that's really the main, main thing is to spend time so that they can see me living. And, of course, it's, it compels me to live faithfully even more and more before God. I think that was – I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but I, I think that was made um, so evident to me this summer. Jen and I were with our kids at camp. And one of the uh, other individuals who was there as a as a camp counselor who was with our church came up to me in just one of our downtimes and said, you know, hey, uh, I've just been observing how you interact with your wife. Can we just have a conversation? Probably the first time that someone's a another man bold enough, younger than me, said, hey, can we just have some conversations? He was about to get married, wanted to talk about some things. Um, and I hadn't thought that I should be more intentional about reaching out. I just thought, yeah, let's I, I just wasn't thinking cool. those lines. So cool. it was cool. He's I was like, that. wow, yeah. uh, okay, sure. Am I really that old? But yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, Sandy, go no, ahead. No, I was going to say, um, depending on personality, and I'm a little more introverted than Bart is, anybody who Which knows is an us. understatement. She is a lot more introverted. But. <laughs> um, I have found over the years, because I have a heart to reach out and disciple people, but making that first initial contact it's kind of like well what do you do just walk up to someone and say hey can i disciple you like that just sounds weird so anyway i have come upon something that's worked for me but i think it, it's actually what everybody should be doing is 
I identify maybe some people, girls maybe or whatever, who I care about for whatever reason, and I start praying for them. Mm. I don't just run up to them and say, hey, can I disciple you? But I start praying for them like they're in my prayer book. I pray for them regularly. And it has been absolutely amazing to me how just by praying, the Lord has made an opening for me to talk to that person and then sometimes even become a regular thing where we get together. And so again, it's not a program or anything like that. It's just really reaching out and saying, Lord, I, I care about this person and I'm concerned for them or want to help them or whatever. Can you open a door for me? And uh, just in my introvertedness, I need that little help to get the in there. And I've just, I've seen the Lord bless that. And I'm always blessed too. So it's not just me mm-hmm. discipling them. It always turns out that I receive a gift from that relationship as well. And Sandy, you speak to something that is probably, I'm going to say the most important thing that we've said here, and that is relying on the Lord, asking the Lord to bless it. We so often, and I'm going to tell you, um, and I don't mean to overstate things, but I, I'm a man, I, I seek to succeed. I seek to do. I seek to be active, a man of action, so to speak. Um, and it's so easy to get into a point. Well, I need to be discipling. God says I need to be discipling, so I'm going to go disciple. I'm going to. There's one that I and I go. You know, we need to stop. We need to pull back, and we need to commit it to the Lord. And yeah, it's easy to say that, but do we actually do it? And to remember too that it is one who plants one who waters and this is what we're talking about that watering that nurturing of the seed and but it's god who gives the increase and i we don't want to be walking around as disciplers and mentors with notches in our belt do we for yeah i did that one i got that one i got that one so important to remember who gives the increase Well, we have been digging deeper today with John and Jen Davis and Sandy Sheridan and her husband, yours truly, Bart Sheridan. And we, you can access Grace Sermons and podcast episodes on demand by visiting gracecedarville.org on the World Wide Web and clicking the Media tab. We also encourage you to share your questions and comments with us each week by emailing them to contact at gracecedarville.org. You can plan to join us next time. We'll be continuing our discussion of God's Word in Philippians chapter 3. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.